Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out. What do you got? All right. So this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. There is no affordable or desirable counties to live in in California, according to a recent study by Money Geek. According to them, there's a few adjacent affordable and desirable counties in California, which is Riverside, which is the closest one to us, and yeah. four other areas in California. But I wanted to give you guys the top three runner, like the top three that made the list. One is Clayton County, Georgia. The other one is Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, and Lexington County in South Carolina. I thought about it because I want to buy a house, and I'm like... So I really want to leave California and I'm like, hell nah. I'd rather like pay the big bucks and stay here just because I love Cali so much. Yeah. And I know it's not like a huge deal and like we know how expensive it is here. But would you guys really like move out of California? No, I moved in. So there's, there's that, that's definitely True. not the case. Um, here's what I would say. It, I know people who just from an affordability standpoint, right, couldn't do it anymore and move to Austin, Texas or wherever, or, you know what I mean? Not only based on economics, like really no other reason other than economics. So I get it. I also know plenty of people that live in Riverside and commute to LA every single day. Oh, dude, listen, I I know people, I'm not joking around. San Diego drive to LA, take a train, Orange County, and I'm talking South Orange County, San Clemente. Go up to L.A., people in Temecula that, yeah. that go north to L.A. or go south to San Diego. Right. People, people will live somewhere in the middle where it's an hour, hour and a half rather than two and change just to, to, to be in Southern California. Because here's the thing, George. You know, yesterday was the 4th of July, and I couldn't stop saying it to myself. We live in the greatest country in the world. Hey, look, I got it. We, we, ha- we certainly have our fair share of issues in our country, and we saw what happened yesterday in, in a 4th of July parade. We have our, our issues. But we live in the greatest country in the world, and we live in the greatest region in the greatest country in the world. California, the su- if it was its own country, would be like the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. But, but the Southern California coastline yeah. is one of the most beautiful and spectacular places on the planet to be. And so we, we get this. But I'll tell you something, George. I had friends that moved to Austin, Texas, like right in the beginning of COVID. But then, you know what happened to Austin, Texas? It became such a desirable place that the real estate went crazy California style. Yeah. I know people that have left Southern California, and I thought they were out of their minds, moved to places like Nashville, Tennessee. I'm like, so how is it? It must suck, right? And they're like, dude, it's great. I love it. The people are nice. The gas is cheaper. The food is cheaper. Nashville rock. Like, you can live in other places in the country and find great things to do, great places. But there is nothing, nothing like Southern California. I agree wholeheartedly. There's also know nothing like the about. Southern California gas prices. Fair. True. Got an electric car. <laughs> you know, you're I right. can't afford. I was about to buy a new electric car, and I can't even afford one now because they're so expensive now. It's, a, I mean, quite a catch-22. 
Should have listened to me when I told you back in uh, the fall. Well, Sedano, I had to save up for it. And then when I had the money to save up for it, it was no longer in the same price range. So, you know. Well, look, I I do think that uh, things like that will uh, eventually tail back a little bit. Not maybe to the point where it was, but it'll tail back a little bit. You know, man, it is. It's true, though. It is a hard place to live. I grant it. It it is a very hard place to live because it's very, very expensive. Like my parents will come out here from Florida. My parents live in Boca del Vista phase four. Okay, they live in retirement central. They come out here and they're like seven dollars for gas. How do you possibly live? You know, we go to a restaurant and, and the bill comes and my father's like, I don't I don't know how you do it. I just don't know how you do it. They see the prices in California. Like, how do you live here? My but parents you, don't know how much rent I pay. They would freak out. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, I bet they would. Mm-hmm. I will say my rent here is more than three times what my mortgage payment was where I lived in. Yeah, suburbia. but you know what? You have sunshine 365 That's days true. a year pretty much. That's yeah. true. And it's 75 degrees pretty much every day. And if you want to go to the beach and you want to go skiing in the, in same, the same day, day you, you can, can actually do that. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, this is the greatest place no in question. the world Hands I, down. I, I mean it's just crazy how much i hands, love it here hands down like it's people ask me all the time would would you go anywhere no no i would not go anywhere else oh oh i'm not saying that by the way i'm not saying that yeah i'm not saying i wouldn't go anywhere, anywhere else anywhere i'm just else? saying this is the greatest place in the world oh but, but you i'm not saying i would never leave oh see i am see my my best friend lived in beverly hills for the last 20 years yeah and he went from being a guy who, I mean, he just came out to, to, to L.A. looking, you know, with a dream like everybody else. It wasn't right. necessarily to become a star actor, yeah. but he did. He, he accomplished his goals. And you know what he did, George? He moved back to Florida where he's got a great life in Florida. And, he, and the tax nah. situation is so much better for him. Nah. I'm good. I mean, yeah. Listen, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's good, on my bro. mind in the future. Not what me, am I going to do? Not me. I mean, I still have a property there, but I'm rarely there. Rarely there. Greatest country, greatest region, and we are the the one tiny little percentage of people that gets to live here or chooses to live here, and it's the greatest place, man. It, yeah. it really is. All but, right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, I tell you how much I love Southern California? Did, did I mention did that to you? Yeah. Not enough where you wouldn't ever leave, though. Yeah, only because I've seen other people leave and go, you know, other parts of the country are great, too. Yeah. Not me. I'm staying. You can come visit me here. Well, I'm not leaving yet, and I don't know that I'm ever really going to leave. Because every time I mention it to my kids, I'm like, what do you guys think about going back to Florida? You know? They're like, nah, no chance. There's no <laughs> chance I'm going to Florida. There you go. Me and the Kaplan kids. They can come live with Uncle George. I know. They're all like, as soon as I graduate college, I'm coming right back here. I'm like, then why didn't you go to college here? That's true. Why did they make you spend you know, pains in my asses? <laughs> Pains in my pain. No, but in it my is asses. nice for them to get the get pains away from it for a little while and see why it's so great here. Yep, pains in if my. If you asses, have the ability, and Dad clearly has the ability to pay for it, so there's that. Mm, well, that's yeah. what you say. Uh, all right, so Cappy. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I, you know, I teased before we went to break about how I'm going to answer your question. I have questions for you, rather, on the other side, um, and then when we went to break. I said, you know what, Cappy? I want you to tee me up exactly the way you just said it right now uh, as we were heading to break. And your response was? What did I say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then people wonder why I react the way I react sometimes. 
<laughs> it was, I was really like, funny. What do you mean? You just said it. Like, You're why like, do you not remember what you just said? Right. You got. You go, dude. Just say exactly the same thing you just said. And my answer was, what did I say? Like, tell me what I said. I'll write it down. Tell me what I said. I don't so remember. I decided. Yeah. Instead of you trying to remember and not do it as well as you did the first time, mm-hmm. I told Laura, Laura, can you just clip it? And she's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, this will be much easier. So, Laura, just play for Cappy what he couldn't remember uh, that he said literally five minutes ago. She's saying, this is my opinion here, we gave our organization over to LeBron. This whole mess with Russell Westbrook, it's kind of on LeBron. And the fix is a guy in Kyrie Irving that LeBron really wants, who, let's face it, most of us don't really feel like we can count on. So we've already given the organization to LeBron. Now we have to give it to him again. And does LeBron really care about us, the Lakers, or does LeBron only care about getting to his finish line and working uh, our brands together? I just listen. Wait, let, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. you know, then this look, this may end up being a really long Lakers podcast, basically today with our shenanigans in between. But I'm fine with that if you're fine with that because I have questions now for you. I'm I'm wide open. How did you not remember that? You literally, it was like a good forty second, like uh, you know, diatribe. I don't know the way you asked it to me. I was like, I must have said something really interesting there. And you know, do you have like highlights for me or like bullet points perhaps that you heard that you wanted me to repeat? Well, no, I mean, you just said it right there. So now I'm going to ask you questions. Are you ready? All right, go ahead. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When the Lakers got into business with LeBron, Mm -hmm. do you think they knew what they were really getting into? 100%. I disagree. Really? Because if you're having these conversations right now Mm -hmm. about LeBron and putting team first or whatever you want to call it, right? Like, what what is it you said? Uh... You know, he understood team over self, she said about Kobe, meaning your rewards would come if you value team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And listen, I think LeBron James is arguably the greatest basketball player that has ever donned the planet. Okay. But I hear a butt coming. I think that LeBron James is the most gifted player, for sure. Now I hear I've more butts seen. coming. Okay, keep going. No, there's no butts. I'm just telling you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm. T- how, however. Okay, no not butt, a butt. However. Not a butt. I, I would say that LeBron James has been very open about player empowerment and him being the guy making the decisions on his own career. Like, I remember when he went back to Cleveland, and Lindsey will probably specifically remember this, when he was being questioned about leaving Miami and going to Cle- going back to Cleveland, and he made a comment very similar to what I said, which is like, well, wait a second. So when like a GM like trades you or cuts you, nobody gives them grief, but because a player wants to leave, like that's that you know they're the bad guy. Like I don't get that. Now I'm not. He's done exactly what he said, but I'm paraphrasing. Lindsay, do you recall a similar statement? Yeah, I know that he also likened it to like going away to college too. Like right. everybody needs to go away and grow. Why? Why be mad at the player? Right. Like yeah, exactly. Cappy, like your kid, they needed to go away and grow and get yeah, away from you. Yeah, but what are you but what are you saying though? I'm not so sure. So what I'm, I'm clear saying what is saying. LeBron has been very vocal about like, "Hey man, I'm going to do what's in my best interest just like the organization has done to a million other players even though the player wouldn't be cool with it." But wait, are you saying that the the Lakers organization, Genie and so on, they did not know when they got into the LeBron biz that LeBron was a partner, he wasn't just a ball player? I mean, I think it, there's a dip. Okay, 
I think there is saying it and then really understanding it is what I would say. It's no different than when we have conversations about athletes. Uh, let's use basketball since we're talking basketball. It's no different than when we say, hey, man, these three guys are going to get together and they're going to have to sacrifice, right? And it's really easy to talk about sacrifice. Russell Westbrook's perfect example, right? Remember last year? Sacrifice. Oh, I know I got to sacrifice. But then when it came to actually sacrificing, do you think he actually really sacrificed in your opinion? Don't think so. Okay. And I would probably agree with you in that situation. So what I'm saying is very similarly to when players get together, I think it feels like, again, I don't know this because I haven't talked to, I certainly haven't talked to LeBron and I certainly haven't talked to anyone in the Lakers. um, But this feels like that, they may have said they knew what they were getting into in this partnership, but I don't think they truly understand what they're getting into with this partnership. And I'll repeat that only because how many times over the time that LeBron has been here have I said on this show, and th- I'm just talking about the time that you and I have been together, not forget about the six or seven years that I've been here, or at least the four that LeBron has, um, where I've said, man, when you get into business with LeBron James, you better be ready to put all the chips to the center of the table every single chance you get. That's the deal you made when you went into business with him. And this is no different. So this notion that this is new, like, no, it's not new. You've been dealing with, you you, you haven't wanted to see it, if that's the case. You believed in the mythology of your organization more than the personality of the person you went into business with which by the way it's not like that person is being deceiving because he has said time and time again hey man why is it that the organizations have all the say why don't the players have some say so when he's telling you or reportedly he's not saying this but reportedly there's reports out there that say hey lebron's not going to do anything until he sees what the draft and free agency looks like and decide on what he's going to do. Why is that a surprise to anyone? If you've already been in business with this person for three plus seasons, four okay. seasons, whatever. All right. It's been. This is, I'm so glad you've gone through all this. This is excellent analysis by you, George Sedano, but here's the thing. You ready? You started all of this with, let me ask you a question. The question was, do you think that the Lakers knew what they were getting into with LeBron? I said, yes, a hundred percent. You said, I'm not so sure. Now, I need to come back to you with a question. Are you ready for it? Do it on the other side. We're back in two minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh yeah. By the way, I think we're doing a really interesting Lakers show in between our usual shenanigans, and I want to uh, applaud you, Cappy, for following along and doing it the way we're doing it today. Really? And uh, Laura and Lindsay, of course, uh, letting us, uh, facilitating us in doing this. Yeah, I mean, you know, people don't say I compliment you enough. And I feel like having given you all those man kisses at the Mandy's would have, uh, you know, maybe made people feel differently. But, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, an occasional compliment doesn't hurt. It's like me giving you uh, proverbial flowers on the air. Thank you. I, I still feel bad, though, about one thing, if I'm being honest. You ready? Sure. Um, the end of the Mandy's. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is last Friday. Yeah. And I know it's 10 days ago, but I know many of us here at the station are still, like, just loving everything that happened. It seems like everybody who was there was loving it as well. Yeah. And I feel like our relationship has grown closer, and I don't mean you and me and Laura and Lindsay. I mean us and everybody who's a, a 710 fan. I feel our like community. our relationship has, yeah. has grown closer since. Yeah. And I, it makes me, by the way, George, I, I'm so excited for next Friday night, July 15th, for our wiffle ball derby, then followed up by our softball all-star game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I've made a decision that for the wiffle ball home run derby, I'm going to hit righty. But for the actual softball game, I'm going to switch hit and I'm going to hit lefty. And why would you do that? I feel like I've been working a little bit on some of my wiffle ball skills. I feel like I swing too hard for the fences when I'm swinging lefty. But when I swing righty, I can one-hand it with just my right hand. What do you, what do you swing normally? Lefty. Oh. Okay. But you see, I'm, I'm, I, go, I go both ways on all this stuff. Okay now. Okay. I can, I can hit righty and lefty. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was playing ping pong righty and lefty when I needed to use my left hand for my mm-hmm. ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. And when I was back in my old school days, I was a right-footed field goal kicker, but a left-footed punter, George. Oh, okay. Now, does this give you some insight into why my brain operates the way it does? Yeah, you're all screwed up. I mean, I'm just all over the place. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world now, actually. But here's the question that I want to ask you, because we've been talking today oh, about Oh, yeah, yeah, Genie we're talking Buss's about the Lakers. Tweet. Yeah, what was right. the question? Go we've ahead. been talking a lot about Jeannie Buss's tweet today, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we and literally have it's the only topic we've had the whole show that is other than our shenanigans, yes. Well, let me, let me just, before I ask you this question, I want to start off by complimenting Jeannie Buss. I know Jeannie's listening right now. Jeannie, I want to start off with a compliment. This is fantastic engagement. You see, when you put out a tweet like this, when you have this many followers... And you're not really like telling us precisely what you want to say, because at one point you even say, if Kobe Bryant were here, the greatest Laker ever, and he understood all these things, you know, he would say it, but I actually am not allowed to. I'm not allowed to say it. I'm just the owner of the team, but I'm not allowed to say it. So when you're cryptic with tweets and you have 5,000 replies and 16,000 retweets and 80,000 likes, when you're only giving us a little piece, More so. that, that, that creates opportunities for guys like me in particular to just sort of make up what we think you meant. Yeah. So now to my question for you. You started the whole thing today talking about layers and what she might be talking about and why she might send out a tweet like this. But we just spent a whole lot of time talking about LeBron James. 
And my question now to you is this. After all that analysis. Yeah. So I basically do you, do you like told you, I don't think that they really understand the relationship that they got into is what I would say. Right. But now that you've, you've given us that analysis, now don't you think that Jeannie Buss is sending this tweet and she's speaking about LeBron James? Because I'll tell you this, yeah, George. I, I mean, in the first segment, I told you it was one of the layers. You know, a lot of people in the in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust community. Yeah. What? You didn't hear me say that at the beginning of the show? No, no, I heard you say it, but there were so many other things you talked about. You right. Know, she, and I, her I, yeah, feelings you, are hurt because she people send well, her Well, but hate all on those Twitter. things are true, I believe. I I don't think it's one thing. Like I don't think that this entire tweet was about LeBron James. Okay, well, a lot of people in the Sedano and Trust uh, Sedano and Cap community, the circle of trust, they think that it's easy and lazy to assume that she's talking about LeBron James. They think, or at least some of them think, that she's talking about Russell Westbrook. Which I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Because here's the thing. With LeBron James, could she be talking about his, let's just say he's being pushy internally, get me Kyrie Irving. I don't care what it takes, move heaven and earth, move mountains if you have to, get rid of Russ and get me Kyrie. But but LeBron, you wanted Russ last year. That was last year. It didn't work. Correct. Kyrie wasn't ex- it wasn't yep. available. Now yep. he is theoretically. Yeah. I don't care what it takes. You get rid of him and yep. get me him. Could yep. she be talking about the Kyrie Russ situation? Perhaps. Or maybe. And you. No, just- no. I I do think that I said that's part of it too. I think that that I don't think it's Russell Westbrook specifically. I think it's the fact that they can't get that deal done because, like I told you, the Nets don't want Russell Westbrook. So to get Russell Westbrook, they they want to be to deal to take Russell Westbrook and his contract. They're going to want to be incentivized, which means there was a story out there that the Lakers would have to take a couple of years of Joe Harris's contract, which is okay, not great. Um, he's been hurt a lot. He's a really good shooter. He'd actually be really good with LeBron, I think. And um, you know they're going to want the picks. And the Lakers, I told you last week, if I you know this is just. An educated guess, okay? You got you, you. You follow me? Educated guess? Yeah. When you say educated guess, I wanted that to like marinate for a second, okay? George is about to give an educated guess, which means George knows something. Go ahead. Educated guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Educated guess is the Lakers are willing to part with one of those two draft picks, and they're not willing to part with both. Educated guess. Hmm. Okay. All right. I like the educated guess. Okay. But he, so but anyway, here, but wait, what, but wait. Here's so, the thing. What, so, what was but, your question to well, me then? Because because here's what you said. My question to you is: Do you think the tweet was specifically to LeBron? But hold on, because no, we just not just about, not just LeBron. I think he's part of it, probably. Okay, yeah. Okay, because we just talked about Kyrie. Yeah. And could LeBron be pushing the Kyrie acquisition? Sure. I, I mean, I don't know that to be the case, but I would I would totally understand why he would be. Yes. But you you just brought this up though. And I want to get back to it. So here it goes. Like, would it surprise me if LeBron said, ex- you know, something similar to what you said of, yeah, that was last year. This is this year. Go get Kyrie. Because you know what LeBron is used to? LeBron is used to when he was in Miami that Pat Riley would be like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to get this player. We're going to bring in Shane Battier or Ray Allen or whatever. And he'd be like, great, awesome, let's do it. You know what I mean? And then when he was in Cleveland, David Griffin would be like, hey, we're going to do this this year, and we're going to go get this guy, and we're going to do that. And we're gonna... And every year it was there, we're going to get someone new um, and you know, to add to their chances to try to win a championship. So that is what LeBron is used to. Okay, but you brought this up at the end, and I want to get to it. So maybe what Jeannie Buss is saying 
especially when she starts getting into the Kobe understood team over self, mm-hmm. meaning which, which again, I, I think I, I get that after, after he retired, I would say there was a hundred percent. That was the case. It, it, listen, if this were politics, we were talking about rather than sports, people would call that phraseology political cover. She's, she's invoking the name of Kobe Bryant to, to say, I'm telling you Kobe was the best Laker ever because he cared more about us than anybody else ever. And that includes Magic, by the way, because that's yeah. what she says. I don't know how I'd feel about that if I were Magic, to right. be honest with you. If I were Magic, I'd be like, uh, Jeannie, yo, what's up? It's Magic. How you doing? Um, the greatest Laker ever. Like, what? I mean, oh, Magic has also said that, too. But deep down inside, do you think that Magic doesn't believe that he might have been the greatest Laker ever? Well, look, once you get past the I'm, I'm saying Kobe's name, yeah. He understood things that I'm not allowed to say. Um, he was the greatest Laker. He under, understood team over self. Once you get to the next part of it, meaning your rewards would come if you valued, valued team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. You brought it up, and maybe this is what she means. LeBron hasn't signed his extension. LeBron hasn't committed long-term to the Laker organization. LeBron has this upcoming season. If he doesn't sign a contract at the end of this upcoming year, He'll be free to go wherever he chooses to go. Well, if you love the Lakers and if you want to make it work here and you're committed to the Lakers, not just about, you know, personal records, scoring records, and if you're really committed to championship and us, how come we haven't gotten a new deal in place? Okay, now you want to role play a little bit? Oh, I would love to. Who do I get to be? Um, you get to be the Lakers, whoever you want to be, Jeannie, okay. Rob. No, I want to be Jeannie. I want to be. Okay. Have you seen Jeannie's avatar on her Twitter handle? Yeah, it's from her Playboy picture back right. in the day. That's yeah. I want to be Jeannie right now. Okay, you can feel free to be Jeannie. All right, so I'll be LeBron. Is that okay? Okay, I like when you're LeBron. Okay. Um, so you just laid all that on me just now. Right. And then I'm going to ask you some questions as LeBron, okay? Okay, I'll be Jeannie. Hey, Jeannie, so remember when I came here in 2018? I do. I, oh, by the way, LeBron, I have a little bit of a cold, so don't mind my voice. Yeah, no problem. I hope you feel better. Thank you. So, do you remember when I came here in 2018? Yes, you do? Yeah, I do, of course. How could okay. I forget? Y- you hadn't made the playoffs in six years, correct? Been a long time. Yeah. Um, I also came here and did something contractually that I had never done uh, in Cleveland, which is where you know I, I, I was drafted, and I, I gave you guys four years, no opt-outs. Um, I feel like that's a pretty big commitment by me. Like the only other team that had gotten that was Miami on a six-year deal with an opt-out after four. And so you're telling me that I haven't committed to this team. I committed to this team for four years, and I I reserve the right to reevaluate my situation. Um, maybe we should have done a better job of taking advantage of the situation we had at the moment. I understand there was some bad luck. That went down during that time as well. Injuries to myself, injuries to AD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and last year, obviously, there's a lot of you know blame to go around. But I did commit to you in a way that I had never committed to anyone else previously. Well, that was very nice of you. Very, very sweet of you. Um, and what we did is uh, we gave you that four-year contract. We made a lot of money. And by the way, not only did you make a lot of money as a player, but your off-the-floor business has benefited tremendously because – the Laker brand is an established monster brand in the entertainment world, and you and I joined forces, and you have seen the benefit of all of that. And just let me remind you of one other quick thing. You know, in three of your four years, you know, you've missed a lot of time due to injury, and, you know, we've changed over this roster year after year because that's what you've wanted to do. 
So we have really acquiesced in so many ways, and we've handed our franchise over to you. So why are you not signing this extension so that we know we've got you for the next three years? Uh, again, because it is my right as someone who's you know has a contract to be able to assess my situation and make a decision that's best for me. Yeah, well, so that, well it, you it, know what it, you just said it. You you just said it, LeBron. It's all about what's best for you, rather no, 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 than no. what's best for us. Uh, by the way, yeah, you knew that going in. Yeah, us is is if I'm successful, we're successful. I don't. That's were you how successful last year? Were you successful last season? Not really. We weren't that successful. No, but you as an individual, were you? Did you have a nah, good year? I mean, I had I put up numbers, but that's not how I measure success. Oh, okay. How do you measure success? Championships. Then why did we go out and get Russell Westbrook for you? Did, is he a championship caliber? Oh, did I make you? Hold on. Did I tie you and everyone into a chair and put the yeah, phone? You, to yes. Your you ear don't remember to when call you the Washington Wizards and you you held me down? You I said, suggested do what I tell Russell you to Westbrook, do? and then everyone agreed on Russell Westbrook. I didn't do that by myself. No, actually, we all didn't agree, but we just did whatever you told us to do. No, okay. Well, then, whose fault is that? That's our fault. Okay, then yeah, thanks. It's nice yeah. seeing you, Jeannie. Take no, care. No, it's it was our fault. Yeah. How do you there feel you like? Was that a good performance by you? I mean, do you feel like you you played a good LeBron there? I mean, I I, I mean, I, I'm doing LeBron because I I you know I'm I'm playing LeBron because I again I don't think LeBron has ever been has ever hidden the way he believes about player empowerment. And I think that's what this is about. What do it's you think about, about my genie though? I mean, did you like my genie, my version? Yeah, I thought you did she, a really good job. I actually like you were you were fairly you were very forceful. I, I like it. Well I wonder if she's really that forceful. I mean it's I easy know. it's I'm easy sure for me is. to play genie. I don't know if you know how, how easy or how hard it is when you're really genie and yeah. there's LeBron sitting across from you and you're like, Oh my God, I want to say all these things. I know but you were very combative. I mean I yeah. don't feel like Jeannie would be I think she would be more uh have you know more decorum, I guess, yeah. in the She'd way she'd be much more diplomatic than me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she needs to get tough. Tell him the truth, Jeannie. I mean, don't send out cryptic tweets that makes LeBron. Because here's the thing, George, we haven't really thought about it. If LeBron, when LeBron sees her tweet, which I'm sure he already has, he might be sitting there going, is she talking to me? Is it, Yo, uh, is Jeannie Buss talking to me? Do you think she's talking about me? Do you think she's talking about us? Let me ask you a question. Remember, yeah. I, I said this earlier, a second ago. I said, if, if I'm successful, we're successful, right? Because you asked me how to measure, how do I measure success? Championships. Mm -hmm. And if I'm successful, we're successful. And basically, that's what I'm saying is, and, and so Sacco just tweeted this in the community. He says, if what Sedano's say, if what Sedano is saying is true about Jeannie's tweets, I don't see what the issue is. Braun wanting to help his legacy means more titles for us, as in the Lakers. F them picks. And that's basically it. F them picks is what he's telling you. Hey, listen. I'm all about that philosophy, okay? I know everybody talks about the 27 pick and the 29 pick, and, and I will tell you this. In 2027, I don't know where I'm going to be and what I got going on in my life. I don't. In 2029, same thing. Let me ask you, George. Today is 2022, five years from now. What, can, you got a crystal ball? You know exactly what's happening in your world? Well, me, no. Yeah, me neither. Neither is anybody. Neither is Jeannie. Neither is LeBron. So, look, forget 2027. Forget 2029. you got to try and win now. Period. End of conversation. Yeah. So, I don't. this whole notion of we got to hold on to these picks, we got to think about the future. No, you have to think about the now, the present. And based on what Golden State did this year, and based on what the Clippers have, at least on paper, that is being so highly touted, Winning now is not just, hey, we have LeBron, we're automatically going to win, or at least we're going we're to be there. You, you have a lot of work to do 
And it's all about now, not 27 and 29. And, and that's why, and you're in this situation that you're pretty, you're desperate, let's be honest. So you, that's why you have to get married to Kyrie. Because he gives you your best chance of winning a championship. That's the reality of it. That is so hard to believe. I mean, it's, you, can, you can say it's hard to believe, but it's the reality of the situation. What's hard to believe is Kyrie Irving. Think about the sentence you're saying. Yeah. Kyrie Irving gives you the best chance. If you told me Steph Curry, I'd be like, yeah, Steph Curry, for sure. Naturally. Right, but Kyrie course, Irving's naturally. talent is equivalent to anyone that you would bring up for the most right, part. Right, right. But, but if, if Steph Curry is a 100 on the mental side, where's Kyrie Irving on the mental side? You're saying on the uh, meaning, Meaning player for player, Kyrie and Steph, you'd take one or the other. You know what I'm saying? They're both brilliantly talented. I mean, I would take Steph, but I mean, it, but from, it's just from a skill perspective, it's not, it's not that far. No, no, but but forget about that. You're it's, talking about dependability, is what yes, you're saying. Yes, reliability. Professionalism. Uh, yeah. Somebody who I cares mean, it, about his teammates. Right, but, but here's what I would tell you. And I know, Laura, we're way over the break. At this point, we just keep going, and I'll, I'll break in a second. But what I would add to you is this. If you're, you think Kyrie Irving, you don't, like, you don't think Kyrie Irving, I think Kyrie Irving is a smart dude. I think sometimes maybe he is a little, he gets a little, he goes down the rabbit hole a little too much, right? Is what I would say sometimes on some of the stuff that he says, um, you know, the whole flat earth stuff or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. However, I don't, I think Kyrie Irving is a really smart dude. I also think Kyrie Irving understands he's reading, you know, how to read the room when he asked for a trade cap, you know what happened? And he had a list of teams. You know how many teams knocked on the door? All of them? No, one of them. Now, isn't that the, interesting? The Lakers. So Kyrie Irving, hence, opted in because he realized, you know what? That's my only, that's the only play I've got. So Kyrie Irving knows that if he gets traded to the Lakers, he has to play well because he has to play well because he wants to continue playing basketball and being paid a handsome amount of money. So if he wants to do that, he has to be a good teammate and be someone who is dependable and relied upon, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, At the very the least, is, can he do that? for one season. Yeah, can he do it? My answer is this. Not sure. No, because I would say, what is that saying? Um the god the something of something is necessity um the something of something is necessity is that the one you're talking about <laughs> the one about that one i know exactly which one you're talking about people say it all the time the something of something is necessity oh, no i know the phrase i know it and i'm really bad at cliches george and i screw cliches up all the damn time so i'm loving the fact that you can't get this one out but i know the one normally you're talking i'm about. good I'm, i know I'm the one you're talking about this stuff. the invention yeah. of all Stuff is desperation. No, that's not it. I mean, it's the, something like that. The something but anyway. of something is something. Right. The, the, the some, Yeah, something like that. I, I'll, I'll figure it out on the other side. All right. But either way, um, what I would say to you is this. Kyrie Irving has no choice but to be relied upon for next season because he wants a new contract. Right. So but you, know, you know what he could have done, George? He could have said, you know, I know that there is a, a perception about me out there in the world in the NBA universe and people think I'm out of my mind and they think I sacrificed $15 million this year. You know what? Money's not the most important thing to me. I'll go play for the 6 million so that I'm on the team that I want to be on. I'll prove to everybody what I need to prove to everybody and I'll make the money up in a long-term contract extension thereafter. But he didn't do that. 
because he said, you know what? What if, what if I decide this year like I only want to play like half the games, and then next year no one wants to give me the kind of money that a player of my caliber would normally get, so I better go get this thirty-six million this year. He he wants more than just thirty-six million, bro. I'm sure he does. I'm quite. By the way, necessity is the mother of invention. That's the phrase I was. That was very good. Well done. Necessity is the mother of invention. All right. Lindsay's award-winning invention, Radio Tinder, is up in two minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thank you, Christopher. Really excited to do some Radio Tinder. And shout out to uh, Mason and Ireland for the, the Seinfeld reference because, you know, that, that's a funny thing when, the, you know, Mason just switches topics out of nowhere and they play the Seinfeld thing. Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Very funny. By the okay, way, so uh, anyway. shout out to Danny H. who said necessity is the mother of invention. And I got to shout out Bill Russ, who says invention is the mother of necessity. Bill, you got it backwards, pal. <laughs> that sounds like something you would say, Cap. Right. I know. It's all in the community. It's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I wonder what the community thinks about this. Did you guys know that even if, like, let's say Albert Pujols, for example, is not voted into the MLB All-Star Game this year, that the veteran slugger could still suit up for the National League at Dodger Stadium. Mm -hmm. That's because there's a new clause in the collective bargaining agreement that most people didn't hear about until like now, which allows Commissioner Rob Manfred to select an additional player to each roster in recognition of their career achievements. And it's called the Legends Clause. So in addition to the 32 players elected and selected, the commissioner may choose to add one player to the AL and the NL roster to acknowledge the career, the player's career achievements, the clause states. And if special circumstances warrant, the commissioner may select more than one player to each league's roster. So basically now there's a clause in the CBA that the commissioner can just add guys to the, to the all-star team for whatever reason he deems necessary. Do you guys like this idea? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, I would say mostly I don't like it. So I would swipe left. I think there are like... There are moments where you can invoke that clause. For example, let's just say, I don't know, let's use Mookie Betts, right? Let's say Mookie Betts at the end of his career, he's been with the Dodgers now for 10 years or whatever it's been, right? But he's probably not putting up all-star numbers, but he's meant so much to the game. He's probably, by this stage of his career, let's say he's got a a bunch of records, right? And, And whatever, or Mike Trout even, whoever, whichever one you want to pick, right? But they're not having an all-star well, what, caliber year in their last season. What about Pujols, for example? Pujols, another good example. And you want to give them like an honorary last time out all-star game appearance? I'm cool with that. But I don't think you should do that every year. I think that should be like a special occasion for like a legend type. So I'm going to swipe right here, and I'm going to tell you that I actually do like this. And I'm going to explain why. Because you see, Lindsay, you brought up Albert Pujols. And Albert Pujols uh, is certainly worthy of an ovation. He's worthy of being called a legendary all-star, even though this year he's really just kind of a ceremonial St. Louis Cardinal. And I say it like that, not that I'm watching a lot of Cardinals baseball to have any idea what Albert Pujols is doing this year. Mm -hmm. But here's what I would say. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Let's say the commissioner used it on Clayton Kershaw. 
the All-Star Games at Dodger Stadium. Kershaw is not having an All-Star first half of the year. He was injured for much of it. Pitched really nice on Sunday. But Clayton Kershaw's not having an All-Star season. So what if the commissioner said it's in Dodger Stadium and I think that one of the all-time great Dodgers should be recognized versus Albert Pujols, whose career's been great, but it's not like he was impactful while in Anaheim, certainly not in the L.A. market. So what if I told you that Kershaw was the commissioner's pick? Would you like it then? Mm, I don't know because, I, I mean, I think that Kershaw is – I mean, if, if I, I knew – I think so. I, I, no, I think if I knew it was Kershaw's last season, then yes. Then I'd be okay with it. But it's not like Tony Gonsolin is probably not going to start the All-Star game, so there's going to be a Dodger represented. I understand he's not Clayton Kershaw, but uh, would I like, you know, I, I again, if I knew this was it for Clayton, yes, I would say yes. Think he's back with the Dodgers next year? I don't know. Well, I mean, just take a guess, though. Uh, maybe. Okay, I'm going to say probably not. So, if again, the Dodgers Dodgers host the All-Star game. It's in Dodger Stadium, and Clayton Kershaw is not an All-Star. I mean, if, if, the, if the commissioner said, no, 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 we have to do something with Clayton Kershaw. I'd be like, of course you should. Naturally. If you told there's me it was Albert Pujols, people... I don't know. Go ahead, Kev. Well, uh, there's a say... lot of people that think that Clayton Kershaw should just start, even though Tony Gonsolin's like doing something that no one has ever done, I think, in National League history. With the, uh, I think he, with his record, with his 10-0 record, plus the strikeouts at this point in the and season. And the lowest DRA in the sport, yeah. Right. At this point in the season, no one else has ever done that. I it think, it would be really, I, I think Tony Gonsolin should get the start because of that. Yeah, I should, would not want to see Clayton Kershaw take will. his place in that scenario. And neither does Kershaw, because he's already been quoted as saying, I, I would love to be part of the All-Star game, but not at the expense of somebody on my team. Right. So there you Ooh, go. Yeah. So you have your own answer. Why did you ask us? No, no, no. Not to start the game. To be... Oh. To be honored, if even you on the team, though he just said, "Yeah, so no, no, no." But this is the commissioner putting him on there. Yeah, I don't think the commissioner should put him on there unless we know it's his last season. Like again, and if he hasn't said that, then that's on him. Okay, so you think Pujols should get that pick this year? If we know I it's Albert's last year, sure, I would be okay with it. I think he should, especially since he played for the Dodgers last year, and you know he actually he, did pretty well with the Dodgers. I thought you know, he last came year. up with some clutch hits. Yeah, yeah, I think he played a hand in their little. You know, I mean, the run. NBA did that with Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade in the same All-Star game. It's the go. only time they've done it. And plus, it's not like it's taking away from anyone else. He's just adding them onto the roster. Yeah. So, so. I, And I liked that. I thought that was cool that they did that. Because they, didn't, they don't do it every year, is my point. They just It, it was a, one, a one-time thing. And it doesn't mean it won't happen again, because now there's precedent to it. But it's not an every-year thing. I wonder if the commissioner has the right to pick nobody. Uh, he does. Maybe. It's yeah. the way that it's the way that it's laid out that Ken Rosenthal reported. It's basically he has the he has the authority to select basically two players and yeah. for special circumstances, additional yeah. ones after that. So yeah. it's not like he has to do it. All right. Well, let's let's do one more radio Tinder. So we do more than one question. <laughs> OK. OK. So I was in Vegas this weekend, obviously, with my friend. And on Sunday, one of his army buddies arrived in Vegas and his buddy only budgeted for I think it was like 500 bucks for gambling. Right. And he lost it pretty much right away. Well, yesterday, my friend gave him 200 bucks so they could continue gambling together. And his friend hit $10,000 on a slot machine last night. Right. Wow. Crazy. And I was so jealous. Should he give him any of the money that he won? Swipe left or swipe right? I yeah. would give him... Oh, go ahead. Well, okay. Um, I will swipe right. And I will say this. He, he lost $500. Right. But then his friend gave him $200. 
Yeah, right. he's like, I have no more money budgeted to gamble. Like, I'm done. Right. And, it's, right. and, it's, and, make... and his friend was like, here, come on. Like, this is no fun yeah. if I'm the only one gambling. Here's 200 right. bucks. And he's like, right. okay, I guess. Yeah. So and he then won... he hit 10 grand. He All right, make this grand. quick, Cappy. So you ready? You give him back his original 200. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And then you put a little sugar on top. Yeah. I, well, how much sugar, though? Could could be two hundred more. Hey, you gave me two hundred. Two hundred more. That's it. Or yeah, I give him like five grand. No, no not I would say grand, at the very least you give him four grand because, uh, you know, two hundred dollars is uh, you know, what forty percent of five hundred bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, like yes, yeah, so you at least four grand. See, I was going to say give him an even number. It. I was going to say give him an even thousand bucks. You know, you're cheap, Cappy. Well, I don't know about cheap. I mean, listen, there's nothing that says he has to reward him. So wait, here's he doesn't question, have though. to do anything. But at the I very least, do it by percentages. OK, yeah. but wait. But here's my question. What did your friend do? What did the army buddy who had no money, who won the 10 grand? What did he do? I haven't asked him yet about it because he was flying home today. So he texted like I was asleep because I got home yesterday and he texted me that and I woke up to the text and he was flying home today. So I'm going to call him after the show and find out what happened. 10 percent, 15 percent. I mean. Yeah, you know, pretty standard fees here. All right, all right. That's Radio Tinder each and every day at five thirty. We were a little late on that one, and it's all presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves, available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website tequilamandala.com and do what I do: demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. All right, we're going to take a break from the Lakers for one segment. Because I do want to talk about the Dodgers this weekend. <laughs> There's like a lot of good stuff, some not so good stuff, but I want to get into all that in one segment. We'll do that next. <laughs> very good, Chris. Very, very good. This song, I remember when it came out, people were freaking out about it. We always know, end up, not we, you and me, but like society, man, always freaks out about music. I remember when this song came out and my, my daughters were, I don't remember what year this was. What year did we say it was, guys? But Lindsay, let me look. Hang on. I remember my daughters. My daughters were all young and I was like, they're walking around going, I kissed a girl and I liked it. And I was like, God, this song is great. I love it. It's catchy. 2008. Right. So my girls were all young. And my daughters were all like really young kids and they're all walking around singing this song. And I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen? You know, these girls are going to be like, who cares? No, no, it's all good. Like back then I was a little like more tightly wound. I think, you know, the kids were super young. Now I'm like, you know, I was out this weekend and I saw two girls making out in a bar. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so hot. So that's that's, you know, how my mind has changed. <laughs> okay. a little bit. You know, Okay. No, it happened. I saw that this weekend. It's just the way it goes. What can I tell you? <laughs> such a weirdo no it's true dude i was at this concert bar like thing and like there were these two really attractive cool, ladies Cappy, and they were making out you know and yeah yeah we don't need to go any further yeah. it's okay oh, you laura's guys right. are so yeah. uptight give me a break yeah. it's a song dude yeah exactly. and that happens in real life yeah, yeah. it does I clearly the girl and it. i liked it you know <laughs> just like <laughs> just like guys make out with women and guys make out with guys like people kissing and showing affection there's nothing wrong with that you know i no, kissed no, you at the mandy's like four times yeah. well and you know what i meant to say to you earlier george the one like small regret that i have about that kiss that you gave me is uh at the end of the night you know i was jumping around bumping up bump bing and i was jumping around all over the stage and i started like you know the lights were hot i'm sweating my ass off up there yeah. you know Mm -hmm. And you kissed me like five times, and then you were like, "Ugh, you're disgusting." 
I did say you're, that to you. You're like, you're gross. You're like, yeah. like, 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 I mean, you don't hug LeBron after a game, right? Because he's all yeah. sweaty and gross, right? But yeah. you hugged me like as if it was after a game, and I was just, I sweated all over you. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. Sorry about that. And pal. I said that. I was like, ugh. Yeah, you were like, disgusting, gross, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. Anyway, uh, real quick on the Dodgers. So, do you want to start with the good stuff or the bad stuff? Yeah, give me the good stuff. I mean, well, the good stuff is fairly clear, right? Like, the good stuff is, um, you know, they've won a bunch of games recently, right? So, there's that. I mean, well, they blew I mean, that last one to San Diego. So Yeah, whatever. but, I mean, listen, here's the thing. The, the series against the Padres, the Padres always try to measure themselves against the Dodgers. Who yep. are we? How close are we? Yeah. And what the Padres found out is, they're yet again, yeah. they're outclassed. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's just the reality of the situation is the yeah. Dodgers today – are still the Dodgers, and yeah. the Padres are still the Padres, yeah. and the Dodgers, statistically speaking, not an opinion, a fact, they own the Padres. So while the Padres look to the Dodgers to try and get a, a read on who they are, the Dodgers don't look at the Padres that way. No, no, absolutely not. And by the way, shout out again to Trace, who had a three-run home run. Uh, you know, I mean, they were getting... I mean, they were being no hit through four innings uh, yesterday against the Rockies, and... Uh, and Trace came up in a big spot there. But Well, how about uh, shout-out to Mookie Betts? You talk about, like, coming back quickly. Oh, oh my God. And, he got a double on his first, <laughs> first at-bat. It was insane. And But, wait, not only do you come back from this rib injury, but you also move to second base. Right. Now, a lot of people might go, what's the big deal? He's played oh, there before. On. Dude, you're coming. You've missed however many games it's been. Yeah. You've got an injured rib, and now you're going to play another position and play it really, really well. Shout-out to Mookie. Yeah, no doubt. So there's that, and then there's the bad. And so the one game that they lost was, you know, we were talking about Clayton Kershaw a second ago, was a great Clayton Kershaw start, which, by the way, Clayton Kershaw was not, uh, let's just say he wasn't great in his opportunity against the uh, the Rockies, okay? But what ended up happening was, the Kimbrough Coaster came in, and the Kimbrough Coaster gave up three runs. <laughs> we need like a we need like a woo, like a roller coaster sound effect for that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it wasn't good. You better get it quickly because I don't know how much longer this is actually going to last. Yeah, I mean he and and look, I, I saw Dontre Willis after the game, and I love the D train. Okay, and you know he said that oh you know he got hit in the back, and he did, and I'm not saying that that didn't play a factor uh, in his implosion in that game. But let's just say he has blown a couple of opportunities here over the last, I think he's blown, I want to say, three out of his last, like, eight or nine, something like that. That's and not great. Two come to mind. Two come to mind recently, but keep going. Yeah. yeah. But so Look, my point is that you've been on this for a while about yeah, Kimball. Well, I didn't think he was good even when he was perfect, you know, like, per se, on save opportunities. I thought he had been flirting with disaster. And now we're seeing the disaster actually manifest. And, you know, again, I don't want to see anybody get hurt or get hit in the back or anything like that. And, again, I'm not saying it didn't have a factor in that individual performance. But the individual performances prior to that were not great either. So, no, I mean, look, in that, that real, real quick, thing, yeah. his stats real quick. In his last seven games, he's one and two with a 7.11 ERA. There you go. There you and go. Uh, I mean, the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. Look, His ERA that. in general is almost a five. Look, yeah. could he, could, when he got hit in the back the other day, could that have thrown him off? Sure, it could have. Okay, fine. 
Right. You know, but he struck out Manny Machado with the first with the first at bat, or the, actually, yeah, it was his first at bat of the inning. Yeah. Then then Jake Cronenworth hits him off the bat in the back. Then the next batter up, Luke Voigt hits a, a double. You know, this was deep. Um, and then by the way, once he was pulled, no, he actually still faced Eric Hosmer, who's just I mean trash. Right. But, uh, Hosmer had the big hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, even Almonte, who came in after that, he got came tattooed up a huge as home well. run. Yeah. 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 To, to a guy who's hitting like 180. Yeah. So it was a the Dodgers had total control of the series. They could have very easily have swept it. I know Padre fans were like, "Well, hey man, we got one. That's really good news." I'm like, "No, dude, you got completely owned and you're completely outclassed. Don't savor the last victory, you know, cuz hey, we at least got one." No, that was horrible. I mean, for the Dodgers it was no problem. For the Padres it was like, "That's who you are. You're still the little yeah. brother." And then, you know, obviously against the Rockies because of what happened to Kimbrel and him pitching that many games. They brought in uh, Almonte. Now, Maranta came in first, and um, he gave up some yams and, and players on base. Now, Almonte gave up a hit that uh, allowed a run to score. Now, that one was scored to Maranta. Um, but Almonte did eventually close it out and did get that last out. Now, I, I know Almonte is not a household name, and I know he's been shaky even in these last two appearances. I would give him a shot. I would. I would give him or Gratterall a shot. But I, I think Almonte can be a real closer. I know Blake, our, our Dodger insider Blake Harris, thought that that was a really hot take. I still think he can be the guy. I would say that uh, as Andrew Friedman is looking at the remainder of this season, the one thing he could look at, and again, we're, we're getting close to the All-Star break here, but the Dodgers have a five-game lead. Because not only did San Diego lose three out of four, then they went home and they lost two straight to Seattle, of all right. teams, right? Yeah. I so know. the Dodgers have a five-game lead over the Padres. They've got a nine-and-a-half-game lead over San Francisco. If you're Andrew Friedman and you're looking at your team, you're like, what do we need? Uh, maybe we need another starting pitcher, and we definitely need a closer. All right. Coming up next, we'll get back to the Lakers. So there is some reporting on this whole Kyrie situation and I know a lot of people have a lot of comments on our interpretation of the Genie Bus tweet. We'll get to all that coming up. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're back in two minutes. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.